0: And lo, let it be known that on this week, the week of August 12th, the year of our nerd 2016, that Billiam hath provided not only a list of movies coming out, but given his oh-so-valuable opinion on them as well. This is Future Flicks. And let's get started with some news welcome everyone it's episode 9 almost the double digits yay almost a reason to celebrate it's been reported that brie larson is going to be captain marvel she posted a picture on her twitter of her researching the role and by that it means she's dressed in a captain marvel-esque shirt and reading a comic while laying on her couch this is exciting news because I, th- I think she's going to be great in that role. Variety reported that the producer and writer of Gambit, Simon Kinberg, said that the movie is still going ahead with Channing Tatum. But the reason it's pushed back to at least 2017 is because he hasn't found the right tone. He says that Deadpool feels like ex- it exploded out of nowhere, but it was a 10-year development process. He says he hopes that Gambit won't take 10 years, but he's going to take as much time as he needs to make the right movie. And I love that news. Lots of people are not in love with the fact that Channing Tatum's doing it. They think his accent in in The Hateful 8 was really bad, but I think Channing Tatum is a really good actor. I don't think he gets enough love just because he takes a lot of roles that aren't very challenging. He does a lot of movies where he plays a funny tough guy like the 21 and 22 Jump Street movies. But I really hope that he will make this movie great alongside Simon Kinberg and show everyone. There was Transformers news, but those movies are utter horse crap, so I won't waste my breath. Jimmy Smits will be in Rogue One, a Star Wars story as Bail Organa. He played that same role in episode 3. Rumor has it he's not going to have a big role, but he will play a small part in the movie. Lastly in the news, Little Women is getting a remake. Stop it, Hollywood! Oh my god, for the love of all that is good! Stop it! Oh my god, no! This just doesn't need to be remade! Stop it with the remakes! Stop it! Come up with something original! There's tons of stuff out there! There's a ton of there, there's a million books out there that are fantastic that it'd be better to choose those for movies than just remake a movie that doesn't need to be remade. I'm looking at you, little prince, but don't let me get on a rant here i'm gonna I'm gonna stop that right there, but that that news is kind of dumb. Let's get on with the movies and my pick of the week, which was a little hard to figure out, I was able to narrow it down to a few movies, but in the end. Hell or High Water 1. A man and his ex-con of a brother start robbing banks in an effort to save their family's farm after learning of the bank's less-than-honest business practices that actually caused the current threat to the family farm. This movie stars Jeff Bridges, the dude, of course, from The Big Lebowski, Chris Pine from Star Trek, and Ben Foster from movies like The Mechanic. This... This is a story we've all heard before, and part of me is upset that it's so unoriginal, but I also understand that it could be great. There could be a ton of fantastically unique plot elements that are being saved for the movie that they didn't want to spoil in the trailer. I'm not holding my breath, however, as Hollywood isn't that trustworthy, but on the bright side, old tale or not, This looks good. Chris Pine and Ben Foster are amazing actors, and Jeff Bridges tends to play himself a lot, but the good thing is he picks roles where he works. So he's not going to pick some random role and just play himself and have it be garbage. He's going to pick something that it's going to fit his style. I I joked in the opening about no blockbusters coming up this week, and it was just that, a joke. A movie doesn't have to be a big budget blockbuster to be good. There are tons and tons or millions of movies that aren't blockbusters that are fantastic, that are just amazing movies. I don't think this one's going to be amazing. Not at all. I think it's just going to be good. I think what we have here is a solid film that will be entertaining, but won't make anyone's list of favorite movies. Sure, it might make someone's DVD shelf when it releases, and it may even be the kind of movie that people rewatch once or twice, but it's not going to be anything that just stays with you. That being said, it's still my pick of the week. It still looks entertaining, so here's my vote. You need to see a movie this week, and you've already seen the other ones that are out, like Suicide Squad, and, and maybe Nine Lives interest you, so you saw that. Watch this one. It could be really good. Other than that, i definitely check it out when it comes out to stream or to rent or buy. Next up is Sausage Party. Food lives in the grocery store and dreams of the day they'll be chosen by shoppers. One day, Frank, a wiener, is chosen and learns a hard truth, that food is eaten, and he must try and get back to the store to warn the others. This is one of those rare adult animated movies besides hentai, of course, that no doubt some clueless parents will take their kids to see and then get angry when it's so mature. I have a friend that used to work at one of our local theaters, and so I got to be semi-friendly with some of the other employees there. So we'll, we'll talk it up when we, when I go in there and see movies. So one of them told me the story of when Deadpool came out. There were a ton of parents who not even halfway through the movie in the very like in the very beginning of the movie burst out of the theater with their kids screaming at the employees like demanding their money back because you know what the heck is this movie this is not for kids and duh people like this are just stupid i mean look into it it's easy like back in the day when I, when I was a kid, I would convince my grandpa to take me to go see some movie. I remember he took me to go see Candyman's Sins of the Flesh, and God, that terrified me. That was a bad idea. I shouldn't have done that. But at least then it was harder to find out. You couldn't just turn on a computer and Google it. But now you can. Now you can. Now you can go to YouTube, you can watch a trailer, you can go, go to IMDb, Wikipedia, or a million of those other websites and find out about it so there's no excuse for taking your kids to go see a movie. Like, just because it's a comic book movie, just because Sausage Party's animated, doesn't mean it's going to be kid-friendly. So I urge people just to be careful. And what really makes my blood boil is that the people of the theater did refund the money. Just because I understand it's easier to give this, these morons their money back than to argue with them. But man, if I, if I would have loved to argue, I really would have. Because it's not the theater's fault that you are stupid. Not you in particular, but you, the, the person who went and saw that, took their kids to see Deadpool. My god. I at least hope that they gave these stupid parents their refund in store credit, so at least that way the theater won't be losing money. The movie was rated R! This movie, Sausage Party, is rated R. These These ratings aren't just randomly thrown out. It's not like people At the rating place, just throw a dart at a boar and go, okay, this one will be rated R. This one will be rated PG. Uh, But let's move on to the movie. This comes to us from the sick minds of Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who did movies like Superbad together. They're a great duo, but once in a while they just get really dark. And too dark, in my opinion. I love their work, but I hated Observe and Report. It was so dark that it wasn't even enjoyable. There were no likable characters in that movie at all, and it just made me uncomfortable. I don't think this movie is going to be the same. I think it's going to push that boundary. I think it's going to be right there. I think it's going to straddle that line, just especially because that scene, if you've seen the trailers, that scene where the woman drops her groceries in the store was supposed to be a a recreation of the Omaha Beach scene from Saving Private Ryan. That right there to me is like is really pushing the envelope. So we'll see where this movie falls on the on the comfortable uncomfortable uh, scale. Here's a funny story. Apparently the Red Band trailer was accidentally shown before Finding Dory in, in some theater. I forgot where I forgot where and terrified the kids in the theater. I wonder I really wonder if this was a, a theater where they have more control over trailers, and so they thought, "Oh, here's an animated one. We'll throw this on before Finding Dory." Because I know a lot of a lot of movies, at least in my area and in bigger the bigger cities I go to, like San Jose and San Francisco, they download their movies at night via you know magical satellites and all that jazz, and it already comes with trailers. It comes with everything they need, so they just go in the morning, they check that it's been downloaded, it's ready to go, cool, and that's it. So there's no longer a person sitting up in the room with a reel-to-reel player going, watching it. They just go up going, okay, the movie started, cool, and then they just leave. So I wonder if that was a mistake from the company that they downloaded the movie from or if that was a mistake from someone in the theater. Either way, I do feel bad for the kids and parents because those parents knew. Those parents knew that Finding Dory was an acceptable movie to take their kids to see, and they did it. They were doing a good turn for their kids, and they get, <laughs> oh man, and they get terrified by some really inappropriate trailer. There are a ton of actors lending their voices to this movie, like, and I'm just going to name a, a few, well, a few comparatively to the entire cast. But uh, we'll start with James Franco, Jonah Hill, and Michael Sarah. Of course, those three are in it. Also, Bill Hader, Selma Hayek, Edward Norton, and Paul Rudd are also doing voices. And that is a really impressive cast. I really don't know if I'm going to see this movie. I'm not sure if I want to risk the price of a ticket when it could get so dark that I don't enjoy it. And I don't like asking for my money back in a theater. I don't because it's it's my fault. I saw the movie. It was my choice. Just like if just like I hate it when a customer tries to return an item to a grocery store because they didn't like it. I mean, it's your damn fault. It's your fault. You bought it because that is a problem that should not have happened. But if you just didn't like the movie and going back to grocery stores or or any store, really, if you just didn't like the product, but there's nothing actually defective with it, then that is your fault and you shouldn't make the store pay for your mistake. But here's my vote. If you like dark humor or the trailers appeal to you at all, then see this. But just keep in mind who's writing it. And if you, if you had no problem with Observe and Report, like a lot of people I know didn't have a problem with it, then go in there, go into this movie without fear. It looks hilarious. But if you're not a fan of really dark comedies, then just, just be careful. That's all I have to say. Next up is Anthropoid. During World War II, the German resistance hatched a plan to assassinate Hitler's third-in-command, SS General Reinhard Heydrich, the guy who thought up the Final Solution. Wow, that's cheery, isn't it? But of course, uh, World War II movies aren't notoriously bright. This stars Jamie Dornan from *The Fall* and Callian Kalian Kalian. i never knew how to say his name—Murphy from *Batman Begins* and *Inception*. And in *Batman Begins*, he was Scarecrow. Wow, he was in all three of them, wasn't he? Interesting fact, if you didn't know, he was in The Dark Knight Rises in that scene where he's on top of this, in this fake courtroom judging people. Apparently that scene was written for the Joker, but since Heath Ledger unfortunately passed away, they put the Scarecrow in the, in place, and I think that would have been so much better with the Joker. Murphy is a great actor, he does really good work, he did a good job. He did a good job in that role. But I think... Think the Joker would would have just been so cool. Of course, it would be cool just to have Heath Ledger around some more so he could do more awesome movies, but this looks like a standard World War II thriller. The only difference is that this isn't a story that's been told before, at least not that I'm aware of. There are a ton of stories from World War II that deserve to be told, but do they all need to be made into movies? Probably not. But hopefully this one is a movie that was worth making. What I like about this is that it's about a German resistance fighting the Nazis. And that's something we don't see a lot of. Usually, World War II movies focus on one of the allied countries, and for, for good reason. Most of the really cool stories, or really heroic stories, or touching stories, are going to be about the heroes. This one reminds us that there were a whole bunch of people in Germany who didn't like Hitler, and they wanted to take him down too. My vote for this one. See it if you're a fan of World War II movies. Otherwise, you can probably just wait for DVD or streaming. Next up, we have Disorder. An ex-soldier protects the wife and child of a Lebanese businessman when he's out of town. One day, while out at the beach, they're attacked. But when the police question them afterwards, they only ask about the woman's husband, making the ex-soldier more and more scared of a growing threat. This stars Matthias Schoonartz from The Drop and Diane Kruger from National Treasure. This is actually a French-Belgian movie, which blows me away, because if you watch National Treasure, you'd swear that Diane Kruger is American. It's amazing how these actors can hide their accents so well, and I can barely do one or two accents, and poorly at that. This looks like an intriguing thriller mystery and something I'll keep my eye on, but it also looks like the type of film that will get a very limited release. It's another one of those foreign films that will only show in indie theaters and areas where there are enough French people to warrant a big theater getting it. Uh, So it does look interesting, but just not good enough to justify seeing it in theaters or even searching for it if you can find it anywhere near you. My vote is pass on this one, but if it pops up on a streaming service, give it some consideration, as long as you do not mind the subtitles. Alright folks, it is time for the final movie before the break, and that movie is called Edge of Winter. A father gets to spend time with his estranged sons and decides to take them out shooting in the woods, because why not? They get stranded and find shelter in a cabin that just happens to have been stumbled upon by two strangers. The boys start growing concerned as the biggest threat to their safety may not be the strangers, but their father, who seems to be coming unhinged. This stars Joel Kinnaman from the Robocop remake and the TV show The Killing, and Tom Holland from Captain America's Civil War. He played Spider-Man, and that... God, I really loved Civil War. I liked it a lot. I think it was one of the one of the best comic book movies to date. But the entire thing could have been a pile of ball sweat. And I think I still would have loved it just because of Peter Parker. Tom Holland killed it. He killed it. And so that gives me a lot of hope. A lot of hope for Spider-Man Homecoming. That still doesn't mean it will be great. We'll see. Just because he could be great, but we still don't know how it's going to turn out. Thanks to the writers, director, producer, blah 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 blah. Anyway, on with Edge of Winter. This looks like an intense thriller because not only could the danger come from the unhinged father, but the strangers and even the snow-covered woods themselves. So I have a feeling it's going to build this this feeling of dread for the boys and. Just that they won't have anywhere to turn because they're they're kids, Tom Holland is actually twenty years old, but I have no idea how old he's supposed to be in this movie, but he it seems like he's supposed to be a kid. I actually had no idea he was twenty. I thought he was going to be a little younger than that he just he just it could just be his acting skills, but he just comes off as younger, Of course, the only place I really know him from is from Captain America's Civil War so that's probably why I think he's a a kid. I bet you he could have a role in a more serious movie where he plays an adult. He can probably kill it. Edge of Winter does look entertaining, but not quite the kind of movie I'm going to rush to see. It It looks well acted and well shot. The trailer had some beautiful sweeping scenes of snowy landscapes and This seems like the kind of film I'd wear a jacket to see because it would just make me feel cold. And it just has this intense feeling about it. Like it's going to be that kind of movie where you stop eating your popcorn or drinking your soda or snacking on whatever it is you're snacking on just because you're so into it. The problem with smaller movies is that they don't get the same amount of trailers as bigger films. Like the blockbusters, like Ghostbusters and Suicide Squad and even even earlier ones from earlier in the season like Captain America Civil War and all those they get a ton of trailers they get teaser trailers they get full on trailers they get like new trailers when the Super Bowl happens and all this other fun stuff but smaller movies like the like Edge of Winter they get one trailer maybe two which makes it hard to really get a good feel for the movie because a trailer can still be really good but it's still just one trailer with Ghostbusters the first trailer looked awful. It looked so, so bad. And the second one, the second trailer looked better. The next one looked better, which is why I had hope for it. And as more trailers come out for the bigger ones, you, you get a better feeling. You really do. And you can narrow it down if you're on the fence. You can go, This the trailers are looking better and better and better. So now I'm going to go see it. Or you can just go, they haven't impressed me yet. I don't think it's worth the price of a ticket. But the way it stands now, Edge of Winter looks good, and my vote is check it out. But just not in theaters. And with that, my friends, we come to our first and only break. So please stay tuned from a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Good journey, nerds. All right, we are back for the second half, and we're going to start it off with Bloodfather. An ex-con tattoo artist gets a call for help from his estranged daughter as she kills a drug dealer and is now being hunted by said dealer's gang. This stars Mel Gibson, former crazy pants who maybe turned himself around. You'd know him from the Lethal Weapons series. Aaron Moriarty from Jessica Jones, Diego Luna from movies like Milk and Itumama Tambien, and William H. Macy from Shameless. This is a true return to form for Mel Gibson and it looks great. Not award winning great, but entertaining great. The best kind of great. Bloodfather looks like a dark and gritty action new movie, which really Mel Gibson does the best. This comes from writers Peter Craig from, of the town and Andrea Burloff from Straight Outta Compton and is based on a novel by Peter Craig. My biggest problem with this movie so far is that in the trailer they show one of the more notable characters getting killed. That's a giant spoiler. You didn't quite think that through did ya person behind or people behind the trailer. When you watch this trailer Stop at about the one minute mark, or not one minute, but halfway mark, which actually I think is about a minute. So stop there if you don't want the spoiler of who gets killed. I don't want to get too excited for a Mel Gibson comeback because I thought it was going to happen a couple times before. First, when he did Edge of Darkness, and then when he did Get the Gringo. Both of those were really good movies, and I thought, okay, he's getting back on track. These are the kind of movies he should do. And then nothing for a while. So maybe either he's just never going to get back fully to it and just do movies once in a while i also heard he's going to make a sequel to passion of the christ because apparently he comes back in the end who knew but this looks entertaining this definitely seems like the kind of movie that would benefit from seeing it in a theater with a nice screen with a surround sound with that atmosphere so here's my vote see this one see it in theaters if you can Let's see if Crazy Pants Mel Gibson can make a comeback, or again, if he's even interested in one. But check this movie out whether you see it in theaters or on DVD or streaming. Next up is Pete's Dragon. This is about the adventures of an orphan named Pete and his best friend, a dragon named Elliot. This stars Bryce Dallas Howard from Jurassic World, Robert Redford from the movie Sneakers, and here's my recommendation this week. If you haven't seen the movie Sneakers, do it. It is a fantastic movie. It has Robert Redford, Dan Aykroyd, Sidney Poitier, River Phoenix, um, James Earl Jones, Annette Benning—no, not not Annette Benning—Mary McDonald, and uh, David Strathairn. It was really good. It's this kind of '90s espionage-ish movie about this ex-con, this well, this ex-hacker guy who gets caught. Stealing money from the RNC or maybe just from Nixon. I forgot who it is. And then making donations to all these these liberal charities. And then, oh, Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley is also in it. One guy gets caught. The other gets away. And the guy who gets away ends up getting this team of people together to break into people's banks or trying to steal their money or something like that. And they get paid to do it to find the faults in their system. And one day they get hired to do that only to find out that they've been tricked. It's a really good movie. See it if you haven't already. Also in this movie, Pete's Dragon, that is, is Oakes Fegley from Boardwalk Empire and Una Lawrence from the movie Southpaw, as well as Carl Urban, who, as we all know, plays Bones McCoy in Star Trek. My big question about this movie is why? Writer-director David Lowry said that Pete's Dragon is uncharted territory And you're wrong, sir. It's quite charted by the original. For God's sake, why remake this? Why? Remakes are iffy to begin with, but why of all things did you pick Pete's Dragon? Did you sit back and go, wow, this is such a beloved franchise. Franchise? It was only one movie. This is such a totally unobscure movie that no one has touched yet, so I should do it. No. here's the thing about this. According to an interview he did with Total Film Magazine, he said that the movie would have little to no similarities with the original. Then I'll I'll quote where he says, I figured the best thing to do was just to come up with something completely new, something completely different. Oh, did you really there? Here, I'm going to remake The Godfather, but instead this movie is going to be about the owner of an Italian restaurant who dies and leaves his son in charge. And the son will then have to take over and deal with his brother being a traitor to a by siding with a comp- competing company, as well as dealing with said competitor. Oh, now I'm the original one. Oh, oh, let's remake Star Wars and have it be about magical astronauts trying to overthrow a corrupt NASA. Woo! We're so original. No, if you if you had a movie, if you want to remake something, then you should at least try and stick to the original. Otherwise, just make your own damn movie. If you have to, say this was inspired by Pete's Dragon. But don't you dare remake a movie and tell me that you're just gonna just take the character names and do your own damn thing. So here's my vote. You skip it. You skip this movie. You tell everyone else to skip it. You stay away from it. If you want a family-friendly movie, then watch last last week's nine lives. Watch A Secret Life of Pets. Watch Finding Dory. Anything but this drivel. And speaking of drivel, let's go on to the next movie, Mohenjo-Daro. This is a story about a man who fights to free the city of Mohenjo-Daro from its corrupt leader and also win the hand of the woman he loves. Oh, India, I love you so much, but Once in a while, the movies that you make are just ridiculous and need to be sent back to you and returned to sender. This is going to be cheesy, but not the good kind of cheesy like Dishoom. The bad kind of cheesy. The kind of cheesy like Unwashed Feet. This is the kind of cheesy that turns into a boring cringe fest. Not once during the entire trailer did this movie look any good at all. It looked so boring that I'm done talking about it. My vote, pass on this like you would pass the world's worst kidney stone. Next up, My King. Tony is admitted to a rehabilitation center after a serious accident. Dependent on medical staff and painkillers, she takes the time to remember the tumultuous love story she lived with Giorgio. I I had to rip that synopsis straight from IMDb because the trailer was so nonsensical that I couldn't even begin to tell you what the film was about. This is a French film starring Vincent Castle, was in Black Swan, and Emmanuel Bercot, who's French and does French things. The trailer started out by listing off what it won at cons, and good, good for, good for you, movie. That's good, good job. You can list off all the awards you want, but the trailer still makes the movie look like garbage because it makes no damn sense. Do these people, the people who make these awful trailers, realize that trailers are supposed to entice people to go see the movie? I should be done watching this trailer and go, wow, I really want to see this movie. This movie looks fantastic, but instead I had to turn to the internet to tell me what it was about. There is one part in the trailer right after... Uh, Tony and Giorgio make love that he strangles her just a little bit and then they hug. Not the BDSM kinky strangle, but the I kind of want to kill you type strangle. What the hell, France? What is the matter with you? This, oh my god, And this is a, this is a kind of movie that some dirty hipster is going to go see. And then the next day he's going to go sit in Starbucks on his iMac, drinking his Frappuccino, looking at someone looking at someone next to him over his glasses that he doesn't really need because it's just plain ass glass in those and then he'll just talk about how it was a revelation and how america should make movies like that no my vote pass this is not worth your time what? let this be the last you ever hear of it there you go never think of this movie again because we're going to go on to operation chromite this movie is based on a true story that took place during the Korean War and it's about a secret mission taken out during the Battle of Inkan? Incheon. I, I don't know how to say Korean words. I really don't. But there you go. That's what it's about. This is a South Korean war drama starring Liam Neeson as General MacArthur and two Korean actors named Joong Jae Lee and Byom Soo Lee. And I'm 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 sorry for butchering that because I bet you they deserve better. But I have no idea how accurate this movie is. I bet you it takes a lot of liberties. Like all these movies do. Everyone, even the ones we love, even things like Saving Private Ryan, even our most beloved media, more than likely, takes some kind of liberties. If, if you remember your history classes, children, then you will re- then you will remember that the Korean War didn't really turn out that well for us for your source, check uh, North Korea. It looks interesting. It doesn't look terrible. So there's that. Yay. I just don't think it's it's worth a shot. There's something about the movie. I was watching the trailer and there's something about it that just didn't sit right with me. This is going to sound really bad, but I was more judgmental of this movie when I thought it was an American movie. And the minute I realized it was a Korean movie, I was a little more Accepting of the less than fantastic visuals, it it still it still doesn't look bad. There are a lot of movies that look far worse. A lot of movies even made in Hollywood that look a lot worse. But the fact that a movie comes from another country always makes me go a little easier on the looks department because they don't. I'm not sure if they just don't have the same technology we do, or if they're just not willing to sink the same amount of money into it. But whatever the reason in america we we just put a higher price on on the way our movies look on the graph on the uh, cg on the stunts and all that stuff here's my vote is pass unless you're really interested in korean war movies or just want to see how the south koreans want to treat this movie next up is a movie called Joshi. Joshie's engagement ends, and instead of letting the bachelor party go to waste, his friends decide to turn the weekend into one big party full of women, alcohol, and drugs in an effort to make their friends happy. This stars Thomas Middleditch from Silicon Valley, Jenny Slate, who has done a lot of indie movies, but for what the general public would have seen more of, she does a lot of voices. She was Bellwether in Zootopia. She was in The Secret Life of Pets and a couple others, and also has Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Rec, of course, and Nick Kroll from The League. This one looks like the indie scene's answer to The Hangover. The trailer makes it seem more depressing and awkward than funny, and I think that that's really where the comedy's going to come from, is just this guy who's really depressed because his fiance left him, and his friends are just trying to throw this big party with strippers and And blow and alcohol, I just don't think I want to see this. Not not at all. At least this looks well acted. No one real is in it that's really big, but they've done a lot of good work. So if you want to see an indie movie, then check out one of the three from last week that looked great. There were a bunch of them. This one just looks meh. Looks like it could be really funny because Nick Kroll and Aubrey Plaza are fantastic. Jenny Slate's really funny. Uh, Thomas Middleditch, he he's a guy. Yeah, uh, I, I've never seen Silicon Valley. I really should. I heard it's a fantastic show, but I, I just haven't checked that out yet. But this just doesn't look like the movie to see. It just doesn't. And here's my vote. It's just a simple pass. No funny jokes about it. No me trying to be interesting with how I say it. No, just pass. And my friends, we're at the final movie. And that movie is Florence Foster Jenkins. Florence Foster Jenkins is a New York socialite who loves music and dreams of being a singer. The problem is, she's terrible. On the other hand, she's persistent and gets a song on the radio to mixed reception that starts her on a journey she never saw coming. This is apparently based on a true story. I haven't read up on it yet. But it looks like a cute, feel-good movie that's in the same vein as Cool Runnings or Eddie the Eagle, just not about the Olympics. This stars Meryl Streep from movies like *The Devil Wears Prada* and Hugh Grant. Remember him? He was big in the '90s. Apparently, he's still around. He was in movies like and Hill*. And finally, Simon Helberg from that god-awful show *Big Bang Theory*. Meryl Streep is a legend, so she'll probably be great. Hugh Grant, uh, he was—he's—he's he's really good. He's really good in comedies. I just haven't seen him in one for a while, so hopefully, he. And he's still he's still good. And hopefully this movie will be a good sign for Simon Helberg. So once that awful show goes off the air, he'll have a career. So maybe so hopefully he'll go the Jennifer Aniston route and actually have a future as opposed to the David Schwimmer or Lisa Cujo route, who became more just kind of disappeared into obscurity. I know they still do stuff, but they went from being on one of the biggest sitcoms ever to not much. And I really want Simon Helberg to make it because he is a fantastic actor. Check out Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip to see what he can really do. Uh, there was a one-season show from Aaron Sorkin, the guy behind the West Wing, that was woefully cut short because it was so great. And he does an uncanny impersonation of Nicolas Cage. So go into this show without fear because even though it was cancelled after one season, they did get an ending. I don't think the Big Bang Theory is really good to show any of those actors' skills, because it is poorly written and it's just it is just a mess. Everyone in it is good. I've seen these people in other things. They are good actors, and I really hope they escape that show and they're able to and they're able to go and do more. Back to the movie at hand, Florence Foster Jenkins looks really cute, and it chose a good week to come out because it doesn't have to do battle with anything super big. Sure, Suicide Squad is still out because it's only been out for a week, but a lot of people have seen it already. And also, Florence Foster Jenkins appeals to a different crowd. This would be the the kind of movie if my grandfather were still alive, I know he'd want me to go see it with him. And I kind of wish I could. So maybe I'll see this and maybe I'll see it in memory of him. Who knows? But my vote for this one is definitely keep an eye on it. It could be really good. Maybe this is the movie you should be going, should go to see this week. Maybe hell or high water and Bloodfather and sausage party aren't your thing. So go and see this one. I don't think it's going to get a huge release. I really don't think it's going to be uh, in every theater, but I bet you if you live close enough, to a good enough size theater, you will probably have this as an option. So my vote, check it out. And my friends, that is it. That is it for this week, the week of August 12th. I went over all the movies with you, and as always, my name is Billiam. I am from SomewhatNerdy.com. You have been listening to future flicks. Please don't forget to clickety-clack that subscribe button. Don't forget to please give me a really good rating. I definitely appreciate it. Tell your friends about me. If you like this podcast, tell your friends. Don't forget to leave questions or comments if you have any. You can also email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter, BilliamSWN. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to answer your questions, or I'd love to hear your opinions. So hit me up. And as always, do not forget to check out Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Those guys are hilarious. So I will leave you with this. My dear, dear friends, no matter where your week takes you, no matter what plans you have, just make some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, and I'm signing off.